The culture in which we live, the American culture, it leaves us very busy and very distracted, very confused, very tired, and very overwhelmed. We tend to be overwhelmed with technology. Almost 11 hours a day is spent on some sort of media. Americans spend 4.7 hours a day on their smartphones. That is one-third of our waking hours. Social media accounts are checked at least how many times a day? 17. And some of you are at 16 already. It's amazing how overwhelming it is. We are overwhelmed with activities, from housework to helping kids with homework, to volunteering at school, to setting up play dates, to giving parties with all the Pinterest frills. Kids in music and drama and different clubs and everything that's involved with that. And the average high school student is involved in 20 to 24 hours of extracurricular activities a week. We haven't even mentioned youth sports yet. One family with two kids and two different sports at the low end of the spectrum of youth sports tabulated the average time spent a week. Ten hours of practices, four to five hours of games, three and a half hours of travel to practices and games, a total of 17 and a half to 18 and a half hours per week. Came out to two and a half hours a day just for sports. Overwhelmed with technology, overwhelmed with activities, overwhelmed with work. CNN Money Report, Americans work longer days than any industrialized country in the world. And Americans take less vacation than any, than any industrialized country in the world. As a matter of fact, more than 50% of U.S. workers leave vacation time on the table. That's 658 million vacation days per year that go unused. And some of you are thinking, give me some of those days. We are doing more and resting less. We are stressing more and resting less. And the hectic pace of American life and culture is taking its toll. It's taking its toll mentally. It's taking its toll physically. It's taking its toll relationally on your marriage, the people that you love and love you. What do we need? We need to simplify. We need tranquility in life. We need to rest. And today we come to our first message in our Simplify series. And we're going to look at five different areas over the next five weeks that deal with simplifying life. And we're going to learn, we're going to begin by learning the importance of pacing ourselves. Refusing to cram more and more and more into our lives and to understand the importance and need for rest. And Jesus shared this principle with his disciples. And in so doing, he shares it with us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. If at any time at harvest you come in and you don't have your Bible, we always have extras on the table in the back. So we're a church that opens the word of God. It's the textbook for life. And so we're going to dive into God's word. Mark chapter 6, we're going to learn some important principles for physical and mental and spiritual health. Verse 31 of Mark chapter 6. Jesus says these words to his disciples. Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. 
for there were many people coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. And they went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. We're going to look at 10 principles this morning, some a little longer, some very short. The importance of getting our rest. Number one is this, get your rest after the highest of highs and lowest of lows. There is a need to rest after the extremes of life hit us. And you need to understand what the context of this passage is. The disciples are coming off a spiritual high. I mean, they have returned from this exhilarating mountaintop ministry trip. And you can read more about it in Mark chapter 6, verse 7 through 13. But the disciples have been commissioned by the Lord with power and authority. And they've been sent out in teams, six teams of two. They're, they're traveling around and they're watching God provide supernaturally for their physical needs through other people. They took no supplies with them. And they're preaching from town to town and people are repenting and turning to God. And they're casting out demons. They're confronting these forces of hell and overcoming them. And they're healing the sick, watching people's lives instantly change. They are unstoppable, is what they are. And they're experiencing the thrill of ministry, power, and influence. And now they get back to Jesus. In Jesus' words, Mark 6, starting in verse 30, they gather together, they report to him all that's been done and taught, and he says, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. But, but Lord, this isn't a time to rest, man. We, we got to strike while the iron's hot and more towns can, we, can be visited and more lives can be impacted and there's more work that we can do. And Jesus says, no. It's time to rest. Some of you are workaholics. You didn't even want to come to church this morning because you got work that you got to get done. Some of you are really good at burning that candle at both ends. It's okay to rest. You need to learn the principle of Psalm 127.2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved when? Even in his sleep. I want you to understand, God will work for you while you rest. Some of you need to learn the importance of what it means to rest and trust God. Ecclesiastes 4.6, one handful of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving after wind. And some of you have these two fists, constant work, constant work, constant work. God is saying, you need to rest. Yes, work and work hard. But you need to learn how to rest. You got to learn the importance of rest days. I'm a runner, most of you know that. I've trained for long races, many long races in my life. As an ultramarathoner, listen carefully. You don't go out and just run 100 miles without training. You just don't do it. it. It takes a lot of training. But listen carefully. Rest days are vital if your training is to be maximized. If you do not get your rest, you risk injury. And without rest to your body, your body will break down. Without rest, you're going to break down. You're going to break down mentally, emotionally. You're going to break down physically. You're going to break down relationally. Your relationship with your kids is not going to be what it should be. 
if you don't get your rest. Your relationship with your spouse is not going to be what it, Your relationships are going to break down. Your body is going to break down. Your mind is going to break down if you do not prioritize rest. Vance Havner, an old pastor long ago, said, if you don't come apart and rest, you will surely come apart. The disciples are coming off a spiritual high. I want you to understand, Jesus is coming off a spiritual low. He's passing through a deep valley of sorrow and impending pain. And you may say, what are you talking about, Pastor Scott? John the Baptist has just been beheaded. He's the forerunner of the Savior. He's the greatest man born among women, so said Jesus. He is the one who has baptized our Lord and declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the cousin. He's family to the Lord. He's the one that leapt in his mother's womb at the entrance of Jesus in the womb of Mary. And you can read the account in Mark 6, 17 through 29. John would be arrested by Herod after confronting him with immorality. And Herod's wife wanted him dead and would seize upon that opportunity at a banquet on behalf of Herod's birthday. When her own daughter would dance and please Herod and he in a rash vow would say, whatever you want, I'll give it. And the mother convinces her daughter, give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And Herod, trapped in his vow and in his pride, would send the executioner. And John's head would be paraded and presented on a plate to the mom and that wicked, wicked mom and sister and daughter. Jesus felt the pain very personally. Jesus needed time to get away. Jesus needed rest. When tragedy strikes, you need to get your rest. When heartache happens, you need to stop and you need to rest. When someone close to you passes away, expectedly or unexpectedly, you need to get your rest. And not only that, Jesus also knows that this means impending pain and torture and death for him. As goes the forerunner, so goes the Savior, the Messiah. When pain is near, you need to get rest. When death is near, you need to stop and you need to rest. Get your rest after the highest of highs and lowest of lows. There's a second thing we learn. Get your rest. Listen to those closest to you. Say that with me. Listen to those closest to you. Now say it to the person next to you. Listen to those closest to you. It says in verse 31, he said to them. See, oftentimes we don't recognize our need for rest and we ignore the warning signs for rest. It may have never crossed their mind, these disciples. And why rest? Things are going so great. We need to listen to those closest to us. We need to listen to those who know us best. We need to listen to those who love us most. It's kind of like a mom with a little toddler who needs a nap. A little kid is cranky and whiny, and it's a miserable little kid, and they, they don't want a nap, but mama knows best. Mom knows this kid needs to lay down whether they want to lay down or not, and we are not much different than toddlers at times. We get cranky and whiny and miserable and we make everyone else miserable around us and we need our rest whether we realize it or not. Not only that, 
we need to be sensitive to the people around us. Jesus was sensitive to the needs emotionally and physically and spiritually, the needs of the disciples. Jesus saw what was going on. Jesus was a good leader. Jesus was a good friend. And Jesus understood. You notice what Jesus didn't say? He said, man, this is great. How do they compare to our numbers last month? He didn't say, you know what? I think we can do better. Let's take it up a notch. Let's go bigger, bigger impact. And let's get out there right away, guys. No. Listen up, you who are bosses. Be sensitive to your employees, their need for rest. You who are coaches, be sensitive to your players' need for rest. In the family, be sensitive to your spouses and children, their need for rest. Be sensitive. Listen to those closest to you, and by all means, listen to the Lord. It's the Lord Jesus in 31, verse 31, that says, says to them, come away by yourselves. You know what he's saying? It's not just by themselves individually. It's them as a group with Jesus. You know what he's saying? Spend time with me. You've been spending time with people. You've been spending time on activities. You've been spending time in ministry. You've been spending time in work. You need to spend time with me. Some of you go days and weeks without really spending time with the Lord individually. Church Sunday morning doesn't count. We're talking an open Bible. We're talking a time of prayer. We're talking alone time with the Lord. He's saying, I see you running everywhere, doing everything with everybody else, and you're working so hard. You need to spend some time with me. Lest we forget, rest is so important. It's also one of the top ten commandments. Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you'll labor, do all your work. Seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord. And he'd go on and he'd say, I rested on the Sabbath day. Did God have to rest? No. He did it as an example for you and me to set aside at least one day a week to rest. Learn to simplify, rest your body, rest your mind, restore your soul, and gain a fresh perspective on life and living. And now he gets into the specifics of rest. Thirdly, get your rest. This is what you need to do. You need to change location and change the scenery. That's why he says, come away. You need to get away. You need to make it vacation, not staycation. Let me illustrate. How many of you have a hammock? Raise your hand. You have a hammock at the house. How many of you never use your hammock? That's me. I have a hammock. It's up. It's in a beautiful spot. And it's at the house. I never, I can count on two fingers how many times I've used in the last two years. That's what happens with staycations. Okay? Staycation is a temptation to occupation. Understand that. There's projects around the house and chores to do and errands to run and phone calls to make and people who stop by. And I'm not saying you can't do it at home, but it's probably best not to do it at home. Remove the temptation and take a true vacation and come away physically. Pack up the car, drive somewhere. Fourthly, get your rest. Get away and get alone. Say it with me. Get away and get alone. That's why he says, come away by yourselves. And again, the disciples were with Jesus, but they're away from the crowds and by themselves. Alone time is important time. By the way, Jesus practiced this. 
We see it throughout the Gospels. Matthew 14, 23. After he sent the crowds away, he went up on a mountain, what? By himself to pray. And it was evening, and he was there, what? Alone. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Learn to slip away. Luke 6, 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. If alone time was important for Jesus, alone time is important for you, and alone time is important for me. If time alone with the Heavenly Father was important to Jesus, time alone with my Heavenly Father is important to me, and time alone with your Heavenly Father needs to be important for you, get your rest. Fifthly, make it quiet and make it peaceful. Come away by yourselves to what kind of place? A secluded place. It means private and lonely and quiet and peaceful and off the beaten path where there's no interruptions. Again, Jesus modeled this. Mark 1.35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And this is hard to do. Especially with those evil smartphones. Those tools from the enemy of hell. It's hard. You're surrounded by instant access by everyone. Try tranquility without technology. Strive for tranquility without technology. Turn it off. Put it away. I, I, I love the seclusion of running through the woods. It's one of the things that I do. I love running trails out in the woods. I do it by myself most often. And uh, yeah, I take my phone, leave me alone. But if I take my phone, I try to use it for the right reasons and in the right way. Here's some of the pictures I took this past week of getting away. It's just a green tunnel bespeckled with light as the early morning sun came up on the east. And I just stopped. And I just worshipped. And I just took it in. I was running a prairie, and as I ran the prairie, the sun was coming up, and a little bit farther down the prairie, I stopped again, and this is what I saw. Just a spider web. The early morning mist had just beaded that thing so beautifully, and it just dangled like a Christmas ornament right in front of me. Just so beautiful. I just stopped. And then I crushed him. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. A couple weeks ago, I was at the South Jersey Shore where I grew up, and I, I just stopped on the beach, early morning run, and I just, I just stopped. And there was a man, an old man, just fishing in the sun. And I just took that picture. You may say, man, you don't run much. You stop all this. Oh, be quiet. You got to be willing to take in the moment, people. You need to be willing to stop and smell the what? The roses. You got you to be willing to stop and rest, and take in what's before. Stop and take in the sights, and stop and take in the sounds. And that same run in the woods last week, I, I ran by this gently flowing stream, and one of my favorite sounds in all of the world is running water over rock. I, I just love it. It's soothing to the soul. You know, it does, it does one of two things, that running water over rocks. It, it either soothes my soul or makes me need to go to the bathroom. Well, well this time it soothes my soul. And so I, I went down to the stream, and I, I just stood there. And I just listened. And I stayed quiet. Be still and what? Know that I am God. 
You need more still times in your life. Psalm 23, 2 and 3. He makes me lie down where? Green pastures. He leads me beside what? Quiet waters. He what? He restores my soul. Let God restore your soul. It's time to simplify your life. It's time to get your rest. Get your rest. Next, make it the one primary purpose. Jesus said, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest. He said, this is the specific purpose of what I want you to do right now. The purpose is to rest. If you take a vacation, don't go crazy on vacation. Some of you are type A, and it kicks in, and you got to see everything, and you got to do everything. And the rest of your family is saying, what are you doing? Disney World with our five kids seven years ago, my wife and I, I dragged them to five parks in three days. I kid you not. We did five parks in three. Who does that? That's crazy. One day we left at 8 a.m. for the Magic Kingdom. We got back at 2 a.m. from Epcot. That's not vacation. That's insanity. How many of you relate with that? Or you're related to somebody that relates with that? You take a vacation, make it vacation. I'm not saying you can't see and do things, but don't go overboard. Go, he says, let's rest. Now, you don't have to go far away, and it doesn't have to be expensive. You can do this locally. You can do it inexpensively. Some of the top Illinois weekend getaways, Lake Geneva, Door County, Starved Rock, Holland, Michigan, Galena, Elkhart, Indiana, Wisconsin Dells, Alton, Illinois. You can find a local forest preserve and take a hike. You can get in a canoe and go down the Fox River, the DuPage River. The key is to rest your mind and rest your body and rest your soul. The idea is to rest. Like this. I took this picture. I saw this guy on the Fox River. <laughs> well, may, maybe not. Think of time to recharge is what you need to think of. I, I have a battery, a, a, power, a, a, a battery power drill at home. I'm not real handy. And, but I have a battery power drill at home. And, uh, and you know what? I, I've tried using it when it's not fully recharged. The thing is lame. And it's frustrating. Okay? It doesn't work real well. I want you to understand the same thing is true of you and me. When we are not fully charged, we are lame and frustrating. We're, we're, we're just not at full capacity. And we frustrate ourselves and we frustrate the people around us. You need to be fully recharged. Next, number seven, make it specific amount of time. Make rest a specific amount of time. Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest what? A while. So it can't be too short. You need to set aside enough time, enough time to decompress, and enough time to rest and relax. I want you to think of rest like medicine. You take the full dose whether you see the need or not. It says that on the side of the bottle. Finish all doses even after symptoms disappear. Don't leave vacation table on, time on the table. Take the full dose. Protects you from getting sick. And, and some of you need to understand the importance of scheduling rest. I've heard some people do it this way. One hour a day. One day a week. 
one weekend a month. Repeat. One hour a day, one day a week, one weekend a month. Repeat. Take your medicine. It's not too short and not too long. It says rest a while, not forever. It says rest a while, not permanently. Where's Joe? He never came back. <laughs> it says rest a while, not retire. You may say, well, wait a minute, I'm retired. Well, even if you do retire, you still better use your brain and your body for something. You don't turn off completely. God might as well take you home if you're not even willing to serve him with the spiritual gifts he's given you. You better do something for the kingdom of God, at least. Serve. Some of you don't do squat. He said, rest a while, not forever. Time to get back and volunteer. Time to get going and use your gifts. And time to serve in the children's ministry or youth or music or do something God has gifted you at. You don't sit back and do nothing, people. Not too short, not too long. Jesus has talked to the disciples. He's given specifics. And now we kind of see the context with number eight. Never underestimate the power of people to what? Exhaust you. Verse 31, there are many people coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So, so Jesus and the disciples are dealing with a nonstop stream of people coming and going, individuals and groups, and they're so busy, they don't even eat. There's no time for privacy. There's no time for rest. People can wear us out. They can be exhausting and demanding and exasperating. They can suck the life right out of you. You, you got their problems that you got to help them deal with and decisions you got to help them uh, advise with and predicaments they, they want you to listen to and confrontations that you need to make with somebody at work or in the neighborhood or in the family and it's weighing on you. It's hard. People can wear you out. Sometimes, though, we ask for it because we have a savior complex. We think we're the solution to everybody's problem and it's really a pride issue. Because we think they can't do it without us. Be careful. You don't ask for this yourself. We are not the solution to everyone's problem. They can exist without us. It's okay to take a break and let them figure it out on their own. But my kids need me. But work needs me. My husband needs me. My wife needs me. No, she doesn't need you. <laughs> She's fine without you. Your rest is not only good for you. It's good for the people around you. It's not just good for you. It's good for others. Never underestimate the power of people to exhaust you. Number nine, make your move and make it happen. Say it with me. Make your move and make it happen. They went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. They went away. A relaxing boat ride across the Sea of Galilee. A break from ministry responsibilities. Time away from the crowds of people. Much needed R&R. &R. Get away. Book the hotel today. Purchase the tickets today. Schedule that day or those days off. You know, first thing, tomorrow when you get to work. Put it on the calendar. And they got in a boat. Boats are biblical. Go buy a boat. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> See, honey, he told me to buy a boat. If you don't have a boat, go get a motorcycle. Go, go. No, that's not. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm in trouble now. Oh, boy. 
I like this picture of a boat with a quote by Elizabeth Elliot. Rest is a weapon given to us by God. The enemy hates it because he wants you what? Stressed and occupied. Do you know what the disciples and Jesus are doing? Listen carefully. They're disting themselves from people and their problems. There are times you must distance yourself from people and their problems. It doesn't mean you never care. But there are times to make it hard for others to follow you or contact you. And that is okay. There are times to make it hard for others to follow you or contact you. Which brings us to our last point. Get your rest and take what you can get. Say it with me. Take what you can get. Because sometimes things don't go as planned. And here's the rest of the story. Verse 33 and 34. The people saw them going. They're in a boat. Many recognized them, ran there together on foot from all the cities, got there ahead of them. And when Jesus went ashore, oh my goodness, what does he see? A large crowd. And he got back in the boat and took off. No. He felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So Jesus' plan with the disciples to take this boat ride to the other side of the lake, and, and many believe that he started in Capernaum and went to a city called Bethsaida. We see that in Luke 9.10, where he withdrew to this city. And this is located on the eastern bank of the Jordan. Here's a map of it, by the entry of the sea of Gal- uh, to the entry of the Sea of Galilee from the Jordan. This is about a three to four mile boat ride. Doesn't look like much. That's like four miles across. It would take an hour and a half to two hours in a boat to do that. So Jesus' plan was for the disciples get away. The people's plan, not so fast. It says they, they saw them, they recognized them, they ran to them, they got ahead of them. Man, you ever wish you didn't, somebody didn't see you? You're in a grocery store and you duck down a different aisle. Yeah, you've done it. I mean, he pulls up and all these people are there. And the fittest bunch of them started racing around the head of the lake. The distance by boat is about four miles. Distance by foot would work out to about eight miles. And so in about an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half, whatever, the, the, the guys, are, they ran over there and then they've collected people from the towns that are over there. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Je- and then there's this huge group of people waiting for Jesus again. You know what it teaches us? Rest can be elusive because people can be persistent. Rest can be elusive. Hard to get at times because people can be persistent. And there's this unorganized mass of humanity waiting on the other side of the lake. I had a friend give me a t-shirt years ago. said, off duty, leave me alone. He was a cop. You know, it's a shirt Jesus would have never worn. Because sometimes we need to flex when it comes to rest. We need to be willing to flex when it comes to rest. Two-hour boat ride is going to have to suffice for the day. They had two hours in the boat to rest their minds, rest their bodies, catch up with one another, no crowds around. You know what it teaches us? A little rest is better than no rest. And God knows 
the amount of rest that is needed and will give us the strength that is needed as well. And we need to be able and willing to flex for the sake of compassion. Don't show forth aggravation when you don't get the rest you needed or wanted. Show forth compassion and let the Lord guide your life. What do we learn? Get your rest. Say them with me. After the highest of highs and lowest of lows, listen to those closest to you. Change locations and change the scenery. Get away and get alone. Make it quiet and make it peaceful. Make it the one primary purpose. Make it for a specific amount of time. Never underestimate the power of people to exhaust you. Make your move, make it happen, and take what you can get. Let's pray. You who are believers in Jesus Christ already, just talk to the Lord right now. Where has he encouraged you? What has he convicted you of? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just talk to the Lord. For some of you, it's trusting him and not working so hard. For others, it's making sure you start spending time with Jesus because you haven't been doing that. Maybe it's making the decision to put it on the calendar and make it happen. Maybe there are some people you need to apologize to. Some family members or some friends. Because you've noticed you've started to break down and you're starting to snap at people. And God is reminding you, you need your rest. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You may be here this morning and you're a religious person. But you've never come to faith in Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He was talking about salvation. He was talking about forgiveness. He was talking to a group of religious people who thought they could work their way into heaven. You could never work your way into heaven. We can never be good enough. And Jesus said, if you just come to me, place your faith in me, I will give you rest. He will give you rest, forgiveness for your sins. He will give you rest. He will cleanse you of the wrong that you've done. And you may say, Scott, that's me. I need God. I need forgiveness. I, I, need, I need rest that my soul doesn't have. I want to encourage you right now to call out to the Lord and ask him to save you, ask him to forgive you. Just use words like these. In the quietness of your heart, call out to him, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need rest for my soul. I need forgiveness of all my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me that much. 
God, please forgive me of all my wrongs. I place my faith in you and you alone to save me. I could never save myself. Forgive me, I pray, in Jesus' name.